0: Hi, everyone. This is Norman with your daily podcast. We go for it. This is season two. We're sharing stories and observations for the boldly aspiring underdogs. Episode 17 How do you see yourself? What is your self image? You know, I've studied self image for many years and I have used certain principles and taught them in seminars and workshops for a few years now. But I find that when I think about self-image today, I cannot help but link it to the infamous imposter syndrome. Well, what do we mean by that? Well, let's first talk about self-image. Self-image is a fancy way of saying, I know me. Self-image is how we see ourselves. A lot of people talk about self-esteem. Well, esteem is basically how you see yourself. How do you rate yourself? How do you measure yourself? And when we talk about imposter syndrome, well, you know it's a it's a real interesting phenomenon. You know, I was reading an article uh, a few weeks back, and it was an article about uh, imposter syndrome, and it was particularly about women. And the title of the article was "Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome." Okay, that was that sounded interesting. It piqued my interest, so I decided to look through it. And it talks about women in the workplace, and, and I quote the article where they talked about women feeling deep anxiety, self-hatred, feeling that she was a fraud. And, I, when, I, and when I read that, I asked myself, but, but why? Why does she feel this deep anxiety, this self-hatred, and feeling that she was a fraud? Why? Based on what exactly? And according to the article, there seem to be two components when it comes to addressing imposter syndrome. There are the external components and the internal. And uh, it seems to boil down to, and this is how they placed it, this is how they explained it, fixing women at work versus fixing the places where they work and the article fell hard on the ladder you know fixing the places where where they work where women work in this particular case when we're talking about imposter syndrome and i have to agree i have to agree i can i can't say that it's not that's not true or that it's not valid they may very well be right that we do need to affect changes in how we work affect changes in the workplace however That is not necessarily something that any single individual can change. For the most part, it is out of our locus of control. So what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to just sit around and wait and suffer until the workplace changes? No, of course not. Something can be done, and something can be done right away. And one of the things that I found very important, and it's something that I've learned to do, more and more effectively is persistently ask better and better questions. You have these weak, ineffective questions, and then you have the more powerful, matter-of-fact, results-focused questions. And they're not the same. They are absolutely not the same thing. So for example, they in from the article uh, women ask themselves when they're facing uh, impostor, the, the beginnings of imposter syndrome, where they feel they don't belong. The questions they're asking are, Will I fit in? Will my colleagues like me? Can I do good work? I ask you, dear listener, are these the best questions to be asking? Are they the best suited to leading us to bona fide answers, to real answers that can help us? Will I fit in? Will my colleagues like me? Can I do good work? These types of questions are almost begging a negative response. A sense of learned helplessness. No, these are not good questions. You see, these yes-no questions are asking for a categorical response without pinpointing the elements to properly support any kind of response. If you leave it at that. There's just, it, it, it's like you're, okay, I'm going to ask myself a question, and I'm going to shoot myself in the foot at the same time. It's like I'm, I'm aiming to create, to make it more difficult for myself. That's just that's just nonsense. That's not the way to do it. How can you ask these types of questions, These these misleading rhetorical questions? That's basically what they are. There are different kinds of questions. There are many better questions we can we can ask. Now, a lot of these questions are going to be very obvious to you. I bet you could sit down in a nice, calm place with a pen and, and, and paper and write down a lot better questions than the ones I'm going to give you. But we can just get the ball rolling with this. For example, here are some questions. What can I do to fit in with respect to my colleagues, and by respecting them, myself, and staying true to my values, what can I do to fit in? What can I do to ingratiate myself with my colleagues, to demonstrate team spirit from my side, and at the same time stay true to myself and my values? What do I need to do what do I need to learn to ensure that I'm doing good work? You see, what when we ask these types of questions, the what questions in my three very, very simple examples, is that we're now looking for concrete elements. We're hunting. We're hunting. There's no doubt that it can be done. We just might not know how. And that's different. Okay. If we're going to ask a yes-no question, then, then then the very, how could I say, will I fit in? Well, then it, there's definitely 50% chance that you're going to say, no, I, I won't fit in. Without even wondering how you're going to try, you're asking the wrong questions. And the, more, the better our, our questions are, the better the responses. I know many of you have heard this time and time again, but I'm here to tell you it's true. The better the question, the better the answer. When I say better, I mean the clearer, the more complete, the more in-depth, the more useful the answer will be. So we have to do a couple of things as we, as we embrace better and better questioning. Well, we can admit the complexity of the situation. Yeah, we have internal and external realities. Like they say, it would probably be a great idea to... If all workplaces changed and were less difficult for people to join in, in this this particular article, they were talking about the problem with women and imposter syndrome. Sure, that would be good. There are going it is going to be complex. It's never easy. There's nothing simple. And at the same time, we have to acknowledge the role of external structures. Acknowledge the role and say, yep, that exists. It's like that. Okay, now what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? So, you know, you still have to do something. Unless you decide you just want to sit there and accept it, then that's fine. There's no reason even to be listening to this podcast. You know, you can think yourself into good acting. And at the same time, you can act yourself into good thinking. You can do something. I always talk about the action bias. Get something done. Thinking is an action Thinking is an action. Thinking in a certain way is action. But we cannot limit ourselves just to that. We have to go out and do. Out in the physical world. And so we need a few things. You need a context, a quest, a goal, an achievement. You know, some kind of concrete result that we have freely chosen and are in love with. That gives us an enormous amount of emotional strength. And it could really serve As a support of our resilience and our resourcefulness. Another element is pragmatic. I love that word. Sorry, I'm an idealist, but I'm also very pragmatic in terms of my strategy. Pragmatic, methodical, solutions-focused thinking, which covers the questions we are asking ourselves. If we're going to be asking ourselves what, where, when, why, how, well then we have to have some very pragmatic solutions focused thinking in response to these questions so that we can figure out and i like that word figure out a way forward figure out how we're going to how we're going to do this right now what's the next step of course once again another element there courage yes you're going to be afraid yes you're going to feel insecure who cares go out and get it done anyway It's just the way it is. You know, you might find a a shoulder to cry on and whatnot, but at the end of the day, you still have to live with yourself. You still need to admit that that you chickened out, that you allowed your fears to guide you, or rationalize. And feed yourself or as the great late Bob Proctor used to say, to ration lies to yourself. Yeah, you can feed yourself a bunch of hooey and think that, you know, yeah, that that's why. That's why it didn't happen. Yeah, that's why. It might make you feel good, but most of the time we know it's a it's a bunch of it's a bunch of hooey. Okay, it's a lie. Consistency. By consistency I mean every day. And there I really don't have much flexibility every day. Ask yourself better and better questions on a regular basis every day. It could be for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You don't have to do hours and hours and hours, just every day. That's where the magic takes place. All the magic takes place every day. That's where it happens. There's no mythical place out there where all of a sudden you win. You can ask anybody who's made it, anybody who has succeeded. It took place every day. Yeah, and you know, then when your actions, as you act, and they start to create the results, you know, these examples of empirical proof must then be looked at with an objective eye. When you go out and you're you're going for something big, when you're starting to figure out how how am I making it in this job? What do I need to do to get it done? What are some of the steps that you take? And as you start to take these steps, then you need to look at your results with an objective eye. And I say that because too many people they they downplay their results and they say, well, yeah, but yeah, it's just that it, it was nothing. It was really nothing. Uh, you know, that's nothing compared to well, we're not comparing. But someone else from outside, if you don't have the objective eye to really look at your results and say, you know, this is this is really good, and it can still be better, but this is still really good, and I and I know where it went well, and I know where it went wrong, and I'm going to move forward, make my adjustments, and can con- and continue to win. We really we're not talking about being arrogant, but we are talking about being accurately and vividly descriptive of what's going on. And that's what we want. It's not arrogant to say, you know, I did a really good job there. I I see that went well. No, that's not arrogance. You're being descriptive. You're trying to describe it so that you can understand it, make it better, see where it went wrong, and continue to move forward. So, you know, as we talk about this idea of self-esteem, self-image, and the related topic of the imposter syndrome... We really need to be asking ourselves better questions about ourselves, about our potential actions that we can take, about where we want to go. And when we do those types of things and we act on the answers and we say, yep, I have a a good strategy, or at least I have a strategy, (laughs) good I don't know, good we're going to figure out as we move forward, then... It's going to help. It's going to help you to build your self-image, to build, well, we always have a self-image. Let's say to build a healthy, positive, accurate, successful self-image. I don't like to use successful too much, but in this case I will. A self-image that means that I can achieve what I want. I can achieve the things that I set my mind to. It could be messy. There could be problems. But I'm going to get it anyway because I know me. And I think that if we do those things, then this whole horrific notion of imposter syndrome, that you're an imposter, that you shouldn't be there, we could start to push it aside, relegate it, to the dustbin of history where it belongs this idea that i don't belong here hey there you could say that maybe about a lot of people but i think that it's what i care about is what you're thinking and never let anybody put an idea in your mind especially one that brings you down and has you think poorly of yourself take stock take stock objectively ask yourself better questions, and continue to build your self-esteem as the relentless, uncompromising, goal-achieving underdog that we're going to be once in a while. Take great care of yourselves, guys. It's been a real pleasure to share these ideas with you. I look forward to talking with all of you again tomorrow. You have a great day.